So my name's Tim. It's great to great privilege to be uh, asked to speak this morning to each of you. Um, but when when Pete did ask me to to speak uh, and said, "Oh, we're doing a, a series on prayer," I had to think a little bit about whether I would actually accept the invitation because um, I am definitely not uh, a prayer warrior. I am, in fact, I wouldn't encourage anyone to look at me. Uh, as an example of, of, of a great prayer life. Um, and so I felt a little bit underqualified to be able to speak on the, um, on the topic of prayer. But then as I kept thinking about it, I kind of felt like there was something that, I don't know, to over-spiritualise it, maybe God was, was actually you know, wanting me to, to share this morning, or at least actually to, to perhaps to, to, to examine my experiences of prayer um, and see whether that might be um, at all beneficial for us this morning. So I'm going to um, do something, which is to pray before we, um, before we explore this together. Will you join me? God, thank you for prayer. Thank you for the invitation that prayer is to us to come into your presence. Lord, uh, may this morning be uh, a time of being built up, of being encouraged uh, and being even a little bit more excited about this great invitation to prayer. Uh, Lord, may I get out of the way of your spirit and may your spirit speak to each one of us here this morning. Amen. So as I said, I am not a prayer warrior. But I wonder if you know any prayer warriors. I wonder if you hear that phrase, prayer warrior, and if a name or a face comes to mind. I want you to quickly... And this is why I want you to move closer. Just have a chat to the person next to you. Who are the prayer warriors that you've had experience with in your life? Who is it that you would think of as a prayer warrior? Quickly turn and have a chat. got someone they want to share just yeah Linda My mother. your mother what makes her a prayer warrior yeah want to share their experience of prayer warriors or anyone that they know of as a prayer warrior?
You were going to say something? I was just going to say, yeah, my parents um, have been praying and pray for people in prayer ministry for ever since I've been little. So it's yeah. really inspiring to see. Great. And see all the, the amazing changes that happen in people's lives through prayer ministry and praying for people. Great. Um, interesting. Like, isn't it great hearing those stories? I wonder, um, in your conversations, um, whether you thought of anyone that was here that was a prayer warrior. Do we have any prayer warriors among our company? Company. And I think we probably have one or two, and, and Laurel is, um, is pointing out one, perhaps as we speak. But um, I think um, it's something we should be encouraging to have great prayers here amongst our, com- our company, because we, we, need, we need great prayers, because actually, from the, the great stories that we've shared, um, things seem to happen <laughs> when those prayer warriors are, are, are activated and, and working hard. I remember um, I, I was part of a group of people that came from St. Hilary's, um, and there were two that came to mind. One was Carolyn Banks. Some of you might know Carolyn Banks. She was, always struck me as someone who was just a great prayer. She was, always seemed to be encouraging um, or finding out more about kind of anyone she meets, and then she would pray about that. Or um, uh, Gwen Turner was another great prayer warrior for those who, who knew her. She just would pray right there. If you said something, she would just be almost like her conversation was um, both with you and with God at the same time. She would be praying at the same time as talking to you, which was an amazing thing. But again, as I said, I am not. I don't think that I am a prayer warrior, but I want to be. I would love to be one of those people that, that people think of as prayers because it seems so exciting you know, their prayer life um but i wonder as you hear those stories how you feel uh hearing those examples do you feel a bit bad do you feel a bit kind of ashamed do you feel a little bit guilty i find prayer to be hard i find it difficult to pray probably a little bit more accurately i find it difficult to find time to pray but i guess my hunch is that I'm not alone here today in that feeling. How many? Now, it's okay because Peter's away, so we can, we can basically say whatever we want. How many, maybe by a show of hands, if you feel comfortable, you can just do a little one so that only I can see. How many would, you, would agree that you find prayer hard? There's a good number. I had a sneaking suspicion when I was, was kind of preparing that that might be the case, that there wouldn't be a majority of people that would be in that, um, in that same boat. I wrote this line, in fact. In fact, I would wager that a majority of people here would also say that they find prayer hard. That's what I wrote last week. So I was, I was vindicated in my feelings. Why do we find prayer hard? Does anyone want to share? Linda? Hmm? I mean, that's not an excuse, but my mother's a very quiet, sort of calm person, and she tends to think of one thing at a time, or I might have to be all over hmm. the map, but I find it hard to still my 
Press seems to be a quiet pursuit, and for the people that aren't quiet, perhaps. No, it's not just quiet. I just have always had a lot of thoughts going mm. through my head, which is quite annoying. <laughs> Good. And uh, I just find it hard to stop, I think, for me. But yep. It's not an excuse, but that's what I struggle with. Yeah. Anyone else want to share why they find old? I guess a pretty different tack. The reason I find prayer hard is I don't really know what I'm doing. Good. In, in other words, um, I don't really know what I can expect from God. Yeah. In respect, you know, if I pray for the same thing over and over again, yeah. I might just basically waste my time repeating. No, as a serious point, I mean, oh no, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. These are the things. You, you think about it, you think, well, what the hell am I doing? Exactly. You've stolen one of my points later on in the talk, but thank you. Thanks. I think that's exactly right. I don't think you'd be, you know, I don't think you're alone there on that one. Terry, you're going to say something? Along the same lines, um, you don't always get the answer you want through prayer. You don't always get it at the same time that you want through prayer. Yep. So I have great admiration for the humans that just persist, persist, yep. persist. Yep. Um, I think this is really intriguing to me, and I think there's a, possibly even an interesting you know, sociological study here that um, a group of very capable, very intelligent people here in this room, um, you know, socially aware, we, we know what's going on in the world, we're good at what we do, and yet we find this thing confounding, <laughs> this activity that is possibly, you know, very simple. We find it to be actually something that, that trips us up in our daily life. Seems, however, not to be a modern phenomenon if we look at our Bible reading for this morning. Um, Matthew, uh, I wonder if you can think about the most dramatic kind of um, uncertain moment of your life. Now, I've just spent a week um, with ABC's 730, uh, the, the current affairs program, just doing a, a bit of a placement with them. And um, on Friday, I think it was, I was part of uh, a media scrum outside the High Court. And I don't know if you've ever been a part of a, a media scrum or seen one, um, but they're just hungry for what they're looking for. Like, and there's, you just see it in the eyes of the cameraman that they dart very, very, sort of very jerkily around the horizon to see, what they're, see if what they're looking for is coming. And so it was like this sense that ooh, was eager anticipation that they would pounce at any moment. I get the sense that this was kind of like what was going on when Jesus and the disciples went to Gethsemane. You know, we'd had some really interesting and you know, unexpected things happen over the last little bit, in, as we find out, pick ourselves up in the story. You know, Jesus had entered Jerusalem in this amazing kind of fashion on, you know, people had laid down their, their coats, palm branches, and this kind of amazing spectacle of people celebrating Jesus who came to Jerusalem. Then there was this meal that was organized, almost like Jesus foretelling the future, because he could said, go and see this guy, he's got a room for you. Like, and it was weird, like this happened. And then this meal itself, which was kind of weird, because Jesus suggested that one of the people among their number was going to betray him. And they're all like, well, is it me? Is it you? Is it, who is it? The sense of anticipation. And then they um, went out to this garden. And I get the sense that there was kind of this real sort of weird tension in the air. That it was exciting, nerve-wracking. Not exciting necessarily in a good way. Um, but everyone would have been on edge. And Jesus himself was clearly troubled. He, you know... 
went off to a part of the garden, left his companions beside and said, just wait for me, I, just, I need to do this. I'm, I, my heart is troubled, it says. He says, um, I have to go and pray. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. I never said that. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he asks his companion, Peter, James and John, just to, just to keep watch and be there. He came back, seems like about an hour later, and they were asleep. In the midst of this kind of tension and drama in the air, they fell asleep. So then he, he kind of ups the stakes even the next time he has to go and pray. He goes, keep watch and pray. He actually, in fact, asked them to be praying for him while he was in this moment of great trouble. And the disciples themselves, even in the most these you know, dramatic times, found prayer to be hard even when it counted the most. And if you read over the prayers of Jesus here, it seems that he found it hard as well. In fact, another translation or another kind of telling of this story was that he was sweating blood. That it was a visceral, physical reaction, his prayers at that moment, which clearly was troubling and difficult. But I guess I want to ask the question, and even address the question, is prayer hard? Is it actually a difficult pursuit? It strikes me that the people in our congregation, as I alluded to before, we are an amazing group of people. God has blessed us with some very talented, very smart people in our midst. I, I see on Facebook that, that Nomi is opening a shop in Paris this week to sell her clothing line. How amazing. I know that Liesl Maddock, she was involved in the Global Citizen Festival in New York just recently. And also before that arranged um, one of the global goals to be announced in Sydney's harbour. Joe, Pete's wife, Joe, will be leading a team of people to go up to Canberra and speak with our our federal politicians about issues that are really important. Libby is studying a PhD in art. What's the exact title? Art therapy? Thank you. Now this is just, I've just kind of picked out people from basically Facebook, but this is an amazing group of people that we are surrounded by. God has blessed us with the great people. And yet... If my rudimentary kind of study just before is correct, the majority of these people find prayer hard. We find this powerfully simple pursuit difficult. Is it hard? I like this. I mean, anyone ever read Richard Foster? If you haven't read Richard Foster, do yourself a favour and read with the caveat that you might feel guilty about your prayer life or your spiritual disciplines afterwards, but it's a great, it's a great encouraging and edifying thing, I think. But he says about prayer. 
He says that prayer is a love relationship, an enduring, continuing, growing love relationship with the great God of the universe. And overwhelming love invites a response. Loving is the syntax of prayer. To be effective prayers, we need to be effective lovers. Now, just careful, and and I always kind of half cringe when I hear love spoken about in church because we kind of have this romantic idea of love. But be careful, because love is who God is. God is love. And Foster here is saying is, for love, we need to pray. And to pray happens in the crucible, if you like, of love. So if anything, prayer is simply about loving. Now sometimes, from even our own experience, loving can be difficult. Loving can be hard. Sometimes it's natural and it flows out so naturally as a natural reaction. And in fact, that's, that's what's happening from God. God love. God is love, as John in his uh, epistle writes. God is love. And that is a natural overflow of who he is. His character is love. And so he invites us into this relationship, into this uh, great love from him. And for that to be um, enacted through the act of prayer. So, in some respects, it may be hard prayer. But in other respects, it may be natural. But coming back to this question about it being hard, there are some things in our lives which are hard. Going through year 12 and doing the final year exams, that's hard. A lot of people here have done that. Running a marathon is hard. I've done that. I'm sure there are other people here. Giving birth. I've never done that. But it's hard. Is that right? Right? Is it hard? Anyway, there are a lot of people here that have done that. Well, a lot. There are, there are possibly a majority. Depends on how much you have. Anyway. Getting a PhD or studying for a PhD is hard. Starting a business is hard. Losing a loved one is hard. Moving to another state or another country is hard. Finding a job when you don't have one, that's hard. Battling serious illness is hard. But there are people in this room that have done every single one of those things. Not themselves, but every one of us collectively have done each of those difficult things. In spite of how hard they are. It seems to me that we, in fact, aren't recoiled or repulsed by things that are difficult. In fact, we go after them. Why the heck would I go and try and run a marathon? Why would Libby? Why, why would you do a PhD, Libby? Exactly. 
it seems that actually something being hard is actually not an excuse for us. In fact, I think we should possibly even drop the pretense that the fact that we might find prayer a little bit difficult to be an excuse for us not to do it. So I've got 10 points coming up, right? They'll be very quick, all right? I'm, not, I'm, I'm breaking out that three-point sort of mould of a sermon giver. I've got 10 points. I think, I think they're 10, there might be more. Um, the first five or so around kind of that question about why we might find prayer hard. And the, the second half is about some things that we might take on board as ways to perhaps get over it, if that makes sense. So if you want to take notes, this, these are the good 10 things to take notes of because I'd love you to take them away, not necessarily take my words for them, but actually to dwell on them for yourself and actually think about where are you in relation to these things. First point, why do we find prayer difficult? We don't believe that it either means or does anything. We don't believe that prayer works. You need, I think, to be honest with yourself and with God and work out whether this is true for you. Part of the problem with our day and age is that we live in a, in a, in a worldview that is based on a humanist worldview. We live in a world that's based on a humanist worldview. The sense is that we can do anything and that only we can do anything. That is, we being humans. And this humanist worldview is entirely incompatible with the notion of prayer. Dallas Willard writes, and again, if you want to read someone, read read from Dallas Willard about this stuff. But he says, the idea that everything would happen exactly as it does regardless of whether we pray or not, is a spectre that haunts the minds of many who sincerely profess belief in God. This, that notion that things will just happen as they were about to happen, whether we prayed or not, this makes prayer psychologically impossible, replacing it with dead ritual at best. I wonder how many of us in this room are in that boat. It's it's difficult to address that in two minutes. But the Bible itself, apart from perhaps one or two parts of the poetic literature, makes no allowance for that. In fact, it doesn't um, allow a view that prayer itself doesn't work. It is, the Bible is written with this underlying assumption that God is listening to our prayers and that our prayers, in fact, will do something. This is entirely modern, this phenomenon. And it's a great little passage in Revelation towards the end of the Bible that kind of gives us a secret or a sense of what's going on in heaven when we pray. It's in Revelation chapter 8. 
Now, Revelation is full of amazing and wonderful imagery. But it comes this, this very brief little passage that says, And then I saw seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Wonderful imagery, giving a sense that actually our prayers are almost interrupting heaven. (laughs) That in fact, heaven, God, welcomes our prayers that they are put before him and shown him for us, shown him to, to, to listen, to, to respond, to enact. I love this quote. History belongs to the intercessors, those who believe and pray the future into being. Now, I'm, again, necessarily going to go into a deep thing about whether prayer actually works and whether God is interventionist into history now here. But all I can say is that when I have prayed and prayed with some sense of repetition and persistence, things have happened. My experience, and I'm sure is your experience as well, is that when you have set your mind to praying, you have heard from God and you have seen God at work. I was a part of a, I used to be working for Mustard, which was a school's ministry, and we, we brought lunchtime groups together of, of young students who uh, were keen to sort of see how faith might work out in their, in their daily life at school. And one, one group that I was a part of, we decided that we would um, pray for the people around us that did not yet know who God was and what Jesus had done. And we wrote names down on bits of paper, and every week we would take these bits of paper out and distribute them and pray very simply for those names. And I was talking to one of these, um, one of these guys, Aaron his name was, um, and he was telling me, he said, I saw Jimmy last week, and then I saw him again today. I hadn't seen him for ages. And I said, was Jimmy one of the names that we were praying for? He's like, oh yeah, it was. In fact, I was praying for him. And I said, do you think that's a coincidence? That in fact, you had been praying for Jimmy. And then all of a sudden, he comes into your life. He said, you know what? I don't think it is. And he went and had a conversation with Jimmy and had a a great spiritual conversation with, with Jimmy and invited him to join our group. And Jimmy came and joined our group. Now, it may well have been that it was a coincidence. I'm not entirely satisfied with that. I think when we pray, stuff happens. Not only our eyes are open to the possibility that God will move and God will act. Second, and I'll whiz through them now, to the the great point, we don't know what to do. We really don't know what to do when we pray. Do we sit in silence Do we fold our hands? Do we say it out loud? Do we just rely on our thoughts? Do we just wait on God for the booming voice from heaven? Do we are we looking for this kind of 
physical reaction that our body might convulse or look for um, the manifestation of the spiritual gifts. What do we do when we pray? I'm really glad that Rob in the coming weeks is going to preach on the Lord's Prayer because Jesus himself answers this question from the disciples. They say to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. We don't know. The Lord's Prayer is a great place to start. It's so simple and beautiful in its language. I'm looking forward to hearing Rob unpack it even further for us. But it's just a simple acknowledgement of God, recognising that his way of life, his way of the world is what we want. Asking for that to happen, recognising our failings before him and the fact that he can provide for our every need. It's a simple prayer, and one that we would do well to pray ourselves. Third, we have the wrong idea about prayer. This is why we might find it difficult. We have the wrong idea. We might think that actually it has to be an intense three-hour spiritual exercise where we're weeping and gnashing of teeth. Perhaps we've seen or heard examples of even those prayer warriors and we say, that's what I need to be doing. That's prayer. And in fact, I think this, and this has been very true for me, that what it should be paralyzes us from doing anything. We think it needs to be this huge thing and it needs to be at least devoted at least an hour to our prayer life each day. But I haven't got an hour to give, so I'm not going to do anything. Or, or also... We think that prayer is a quick fix. That in fact, all of our desires are going to be granted just like this sort of pocket-sized genie that we just need to rub it every now and then when we're in trouble or we need something. We might have the wrong idea about prayer. Fourth, we might be scared of prayer. Have you ever been scared to pray? Because if it's possible... That God, the God of the universe, who's created all things, who knows us the best, who knows the best of us, might want to actually move and act in our lives through our prayer. If we dare to engage in that activity, we might find that we have to change. Or that God wants to change us or change something about us. And I don't know about you, but that is a frightening possibility. Because I'm pretty comfortable with, with I am, no matter how flawed I am. That version of me is easier to be than possibly the one that God might want me to be. So we might be scared to pray. The final in this first half is that we might have made prayer weird. This is the I'll pray for you phenomenon. Have you ever had that conversation with someone? They're telling, they're pouring their life out, they're going through a lot of difficulty, they're hurt, they're in pain, they've lost their job, they've lost their relational, relational difficulty. And what do we say? I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. We go away and we forget to. Well, we might pray. Good. Some of us do actually go away and pray. But what is it that we say, no, I'm going to go away and pray? If somebody's arm was bleeding profusely, would it make sense for us to say, you know what, I'm going to go home, I'm going to find a band-aid and I'm going to post it to you in the mail? It doesn't seem right, does it? So why is it that we say, I'll pray for you, not now, but in the future at some unappointed time? 
Well, I think it's because, as the kids might say, we find prayer to be totes orcs. Totally awkward for those that aren't kids. I think we should normalise it. If someone needs prayer, whether they ask for it or whether you just notice that actually they need prayer, and let's be honest, we all need prayer, pray then and there. Do it. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to put your hand on their shoulder if you feel that's awkward and makes it weird. Just have a conversation with them and with God. Normalise it. You don't even have to use spiritual language. Just say, God, just help Julia out with her assignments this week. Nothing weird about that? Let's normalise it. And that's an excellent pivot to some of the, just some little things that might help with how to make prayer a little bit easier. Firstly, start really small and really simply. Five minutes a day. There are many different blocks of five minutes in your day. Pick one of them and just make that about prayer. If you can't do five minutes a day, do three minutes a day. If you can't do three minutes a day, do one minute a day. Start small. And start simple. If you don't know what to do in those three, five or one minutes, read the Lord's Prayer and pray the Lord's Prayer. The Bible actually, and Paul himself actually talks about this when he uses on more than one occasion the metaphor of training. How often have you come away from a prayer sermon and go, I'm going to try and pray more. But in fact, what Paul says is don't try and pray more or don't try to live a life of godliness. He says to Timothy, train yourself. Train yourself in godly living. If you're about to run a marathon, you're not going to go out later this afternoon and start running 42.1 kilometres. You might start with one kilometre. If you've never run before, that'd be a wise thing to start with. If you're going to write a PhD, it's best not to start at a computer and start typing away your introduction to the PhD or your abstract or whatever the language is. You'd do some reading, maybe, as a, as a start. That'd be right. Thanks. <laughs> I've never done one. So approach prayer in a training way. Start small and manageable. Secondly, Now, this might be a little bit kind of controversial, but approach prayer like you would your job, your task list, or your passion project. We make plenty of time for those things in our life. Plenty. And not many would allow ourselves, if we went to work and put a task on our list, not many of ourselves would say, would allow ourselves to go, you know what, I'm not going to do that because I find it a little bit difficult. We work our way through it and make sure that we tick that box. So bring that energy or that rigour to your prayer life. Stick it on a to-do list if you have to. Schedule it in your calendar on your iPhone if you need to. Get some sort of fancy prayer life training app like my RunKeeper app that I use to train for a marathon. Find something that will help to make to bring that rigour, that energy that we have to your prayer life. I'm nearly nearly done. 
One thing, actually, in that, in that sort of prayer app thing, one thing that I would recommend is, is, is this website called Sacred Space. I think it's sacredspace.ie. It's, it's run by the Jesuits out of Ireland, but it's a daily prayer, and it's very simple, and it's very good. Um, you can make it as long as you want, or you can make it as short and as, as simple as you want. But it's a great, a, a great website to look at, and you can have it on your phone. Thirdly, add some excitement to your prayer life. Get a bit kind of excited about it. One thing, there was a time in my life where I used to, uh, every morning I would wake up and I'd cut out small pieces of rectangles of paper about that big and I would write the Lord's Prayer out. Then I'd stick it in my pocket for the rest of the day and at some point I would leave it in a public space. One of my favourite places was behind the, piece of, the packet of chewing gum at the server. You know on the little displays where the chewing gum is... It was easy to drop it on the tram because you're always leaving things on the tram. But it, was, it brought a little bit of energy and excitement to my prayer life because I'm like, where will I leave it today? Can't wait to write it out. But the great thing is I was just praying the Lord's Prayer every morning and praying that God would use this simple thing to his benefit, to his glory. Maybe you might want to spend some time in prayer, three minutes in prayer in the morning, and then a word might come. Just a word might be something that actually symbolises the time of prayer that you had. Write it on your hand. And then maybe someone might ask you about that. That's a bit exciting. That's a bit energising. It's a bit terrifying. Embrace, this is my fourth point, embrace those things that have worked in the past. If you can think, quickly turn, I know I'm maybe going a very long time, but it is long. Sorry. Um, quickly turn, when, think back to a time in your life when you found your prayer life to be the best. When was the time when your prayer life was the most alive? Quickly turn and have a quick chat. said I'd be brief. Maybe continue that conversation as we go out for morning tea, but perhaps embrace some of the things that have worked in the past. Maybe not necessarily all of the mechanisms that led to a great prayer life, because I know for me back in a time when it was, I was devoting serious amounts of time, and that in fact, thinking back to that time, was, it was paralyzing, but there was something about the dedicatedness to it that actually did that on a regular basis. Embrace those things that have worked in the past. Try and bring them back to your prayer life now. The final point is accountability. A wonderful thing. We, we get scared about the word accountability. But have some people in your life, whether it be one or two people, where it's okay for you to ask each other, how are you praying these days? Because just simply that regular act of asking each other that question, you'll be surprised at how powerful that is and how much of a motivating factor that is. And if you are one of these people that doesn't believe that prayer actually works, that might be a great conversation to have with those people. Work through those conversations. Work through those issues. So we may find prayer hard. 
Do you know what? God has blessed us, each one of us, with amazing capabilities. But also he's blessed us with his power by the Holy Spirit. And he's blessed us with a great community in which we get to do our uh, spiritual lives with. So with his help, and with each other's help, I reckon we can give prayer a crack. And if there is such a thing as a God who has infinite power throughout all dimensions, the spiritual and the physical, and that he invites us as an act of love to converse with him and to actually have an impact on the here and now and the future, all through this simple act of prayer. I don't know about you, but if this is real, then I want it. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a five-minute prayer warrior. And how great would it be if each one of us had a little army of five-minute prayer, if we had an army of five-minute prayer warriors coming out of our church, I think we'd see some amazing things happen.